It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Let me just say that, um, you know, the song says, if in the desert, I'll still find pleasure. Um, if in the wilderness, I really don't care. And you know, I just wonder, do, do, do we really understand that when we say, Lord, wherever, wherever you want me to go, I'll follow. And then that leads us into the valley or it leads us into a tough place I don't really believe that many Christians when we get saved say oh Jesus I'm so grateful that I have a relationship with you and I can't wait for the valley I, can, I just really am looking forward uh, to the wilderness but uh, you know there are times that the wilderness will come and there are times that the valley will come and what I love about that song is it says I'm not going to let the valley and I'm not going to let the wilderness determine my attitude and I don't know who I'm speaking to. I'm not sure where you are on your journey, but let me just say this to you. If you are finding yourself in what some call dark nights of the soul, a valley, a wilderness, don't, don't let that be the thing that makes you walk away from God. The most important thing you can do in that moment is to draw closer to God. Because the Bible says that even though you're in the valley, that's not your final destination. Yea, though I walk through it, I'm not walking through it alone. Amen. Amen. Now, now you all, I pray that you would really hear this because I'm so grateful today. And I want, uh, if he doesn't mind, I know this is going to be a big ass, Kevin, but I just cannot have you and Nancy in this building and not have you walk, come and say something to us if you want to. So if you, if you stand and walk your way this way, then I know you're comfortable with it. If, okay, there you go. All right. Listen, as, as they are coming, let me just say, we talked about the valley. Mm. And you all, I have been a pastor. I've been in ministry for a long time. And I've had to walk with people in different parts of the valleys of their life. And not everybody comes out the valley. Not everybody's able to have a praise report that God worked it out or God stepped in. But when I heard about, and you'll get a chance to hear it, and those that are online, thank you for your grace, but I promise you, you'll be blessed. But when, when they share just a little bit of what happened, and then to see... To see my brother standing here with, and able to walk on his own and speak on his own and look look better than you did before actually it shows that listen let me tell you what this is this is God reminding you listen to me exhibit a it's gonna be okay if God favored him and brought him out he's not a respecter of persons and he'll surely bless you too so without any further ado Kevin and Nancy sell we're so grateful to have you all here but would you share with us just what the Lord has done can you hear me first of all I, I really I was waiting till I felt better to come and really to, to, to thank all of you so much it was a. It was supposed to be a simple surgery. As I approach retirement in my career, uh, many of you know I had an accident six years ago, and uh, I've had a few spine surgeries. Uh, it was supposed to be a simple surgery, 45 minutes to an hour, and unfortunately, um, it went south. 
the surgery was going well, but they lost my heartbeat. So essentially I died on the operating table um, and they did CPR. So they brought me back. They weren't able to finish the, the neck surgery as far as uh, putting the hardware in. So no hardware, which uh, really extended it. So uh, I know Nancy was approached by the surgeon after about an hour, 45 minutes, and uh, explain the circumstances. Um, unfortunately, they, they put me in a, a medical coma for seven days, so they had difficulty getting me back off the ventilator. All that to say, I went through the valley, and I can, I can, I wish I could share <laughs> Where I was, I don't know if where I was was during the the 90 seconds that I was out of my body, or if where I was was during the seven days. Uh, but I was in a beautiful place, and I I experienced two people several times, and I and I wasn't sure of this until I <laughs> when I woke up a week later. Because I had this recurring experience and I kept wondering like what what's what is this what is and it was my mother who passed uh, five years ago uh, she was younger and she was just pure encouragement repeatedly like uh, it's gonna be okay we're, we're gonna get you out of this place real soon and the other I believe was Jesus he would come he would come and talk to me um, and this happened several times like but I didn't know what what it was I was I was trying to figure it out and it was a beautiful place it was clean and I believe it was like a crossroads in my in my mind it was like am I going to heaven or am I going back and I believe he has more work for me to do I believe, he, I believe he sent me back for a purpose so my, my eyes and ears are wide open as I approach retirement here soon and I'm, I'm looking for what that, what, a, what that is he wants me to do and I will do it I can't tell you a lot of people say think about how difficult it was physically for me but I can tell you the faith of my wife and what she went through for seven days. And when I woke up on that seventh day, not, not even knowing what I went through, other than that image in my mind. And when I woke, I could... It's amazing what you can lose in seven days. I couldn't walk, I couldn't... I mean, she carried me. They sent me home too early. She, she carried me in the door. Mentally, I wasn't there, but God is good. God is good. I went back for my doctor's visit, and they just, honestly, they just stepped back. They couldn't, they couldn't believe. They really, they couldn't believe. And I, I look forward to seeing the, actual, the surgeon who did the surgery next Monday, because he's such a faithful doctor. Just... I just want to give him a big hug. Yeah. So, thank you all so much. So Kevin had the experience of spending seven days, I believe, in heaven and time with his mother, whom he loved. Um, and seeing Jesus face to face, so can't trump that. Um, but I had my own completely different experience in those seven days, as you can probably imagine in your mind what that was like. Um, and I think my encouragement to you today is um, don't look at the circumstances. Circumstances lie. They lie. 
The Word of God, your faith in God, the love of the saints, those things are true. Those things are true. I have never in my entire life, and I am 55 years old, I have never felt the love of God through the saints as I did in those seven days. Never. God showed me, like taking blinders off of my eyes, how well loved Kevin and I are. By so many people, I know that Pastor Kerry was fasting and praying for us. I know that people in this church, who we haven't, we haven't been here in years, but we've invested here, we've loved here, and the seeds that we sowed here took root. And the seeds that we sowed here bore fruit in our lives, in our time of need, because that's God's way. That's how it works. You sow the seeds. God makes the sunshine on them. God pours the rain down on them. And then you have fruit. We receive that fruit from this church, from Africa, from Puerto Rico, from New Zealand, from California, from Connecticut, all of the places and the people that we've loved, that, that we have poured into, man, they just poured back in a, an abundant blessing. Shaken down, overflowing. I know that we are loved by God through God's people. And let me tell you, those prayers and that love are what gave me strength to carry him into a house. Strength to say, to fear, and to anxiety, and to panic, and to worry. No, you're not coming near me. My God has this. My God has this. My God has my husband, and I trust him, and I don't care what this outcome is. I love the Lord, and I'm gonna choose to trust him, and I'm gonna choose to walk this out, and fear has no place here. And worry has no place here. And anxiety has no place here. And panic has no place here. Because love is here. Now I'm telling you, saints, it was not an easy week. It's not been an easy two months. But the love of God has covered it all. And we are loved. And we are here to thank you. Thank you, Pastor Kerry. Thank you. Thank you. We are loved. Thank you, church. I don't think we need to miss this moment to receive in the spirit what this moment was intended for you because somebody's panicking right now somebody feels overwhelmed by the circumstance right now and without knowing that this was going to happen today God sent them to you so that you would stop panicking and that you stop being full of anxiety and fear but also if you're the one that's going through it <laughs> that God is not a respecter of persons and he's able to bring you out so if you don't mind can we pray for you who might find yourself in some similar situations maybe like Nancy that you you're kind of not the one going through it directly but you're carrying somebody fighting for somebody and believing for somebody and it's getting rough right about now God's faithful but maybe you're the person that's going through the dark night of the soul and I know in my heart some of you right now are in that space there are times as a pastor and I don't know sometimes I get really emotional I love people a lot and I just need to say to you I need you to keep fighting I don't know who you are but I need you oh no God needs you to 
keep fighting because your fighting is bigger than your circumstance that you think you're fighting about. It's what you were born to do. And the enemy has been trying to cancel and stop what you were born to do since you got on the planet. But the fact that you're still here means that every lie of the devil and every scheme of the devil and every attack of the devil and everything that he's tried to do, it has not worked. And he wants you to think that this will take you out, but it will not. You shall live and not die and declare the work of the Lord in the land of the living. Jesus, I thank you so much for your people, those in person, those online, those who are watching at different times. And God, you know, as we heard the glorious testimony of Kevin and Nancy, we thank you for how our hearts are filled. We thank you that we felt God encouraged and stirred up in our faith by hearing and hearing what you've done through them. But God, I know that you also have a word for us for the person suffering, for the person overwhelmed. God, would you strengthen them in the name of Jesus? We come against every demonic attack of fear. We come against every demonic assignment of anxiety. I come against those things that have been showing up in these crazy ways lately. <laughs> Jesus, you are Lord. And there's nothing that the enemy is trying to do right now they will have authority over your people so Satan your plans are canceled and in Jesus name I pray for faith to arise I pray God that they would begin to stir up their faith and look not at the things that are seen not stop looking at the things that are seen listen stop looking at the things that are seen for the things that are seen are temporary and are subject to change but look unto the things that are unseen for the things that are unseen are eternal that is the living word of God stop looking at what you see and look at what he said healing in Jesus name mm. healing in Jesus name Healing in your body in Jesus' name. Healing in your mind in Jesus' name. Deliverance from every demonic assignment in Jesus' name. Healing for family and relationships in Jesus' name. Healing for your bloodline. Deliverance for your bloodline in Jesus' name. God, we give you praise. And we give you thanks for what you're doing and what you're yet to do. In the name that has power to do it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him some worship. Come on, give him worship. If you got to fight to do it. If you got to push the worship. Some of y'all can't even physically do it. I need you to push. I need, I'm saying, I, I need you to push to worship him. I need you to push to worship him. I don't normally ask you to do this, but I need you to get out of you. I need you, God needs you to get out of you and push, 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 push. As you push, demons will leave. As you push, your breakthrough is coming. Oh, we're not done yet. Come on, keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. moments you all just a few more moments I didn't come to plan to do this but God had a plan today and the plan of God is that you shall live and not die I don't know who you are you shall live you shall live and not just exist you shall live mm. oh my God oh my God let me just, I, I gotta move. Let me just say this. Let me say this. <laughs> I know what it's like to get tired. I know what it's like to get tired. But there have been seasons of my life 
you know Nancy means grace <laughs> and there have been seasons of my life and by the way my mama's name was Nancy and my wife's name is Nancy God brought brought me into the world with grace and now is still continuing to carry me with grace <laughs> and there are times listen where you can't let your pride miss you being carried by something other than you he had to be carried by somebody into the house because he couldn't get in any other way and some of you have been trying in your own flesh to do stuff that God wants to be done by the spirit and for you to be carried by somebody other than you some of you all are so tied up to you being the sole person that determines your destiny that you don't realize that there's a whole body called the body of Christ and just cause your pastor's not in your face don't you get it twisted <laughs> there's not a day that passes that I'm not eating carpet for you that I'm not on my face before God praying in the spirit binding every devil come against every stronghold listen but I got to be careful because you'll end up if I get too close to you making it about me so I keep my distance sometimes from you so that God can begin to work this thing out and I came to let you know right now he is delivering you right now now if you believe it by faith I need you to praise him one more time and say God thank you thank you for answering my prayer thank you for delivering me thank you for healing me thank you for moving the mountain come on thank you for sustaining thank you for liberating thank you for keeping <laughs> well if you don't mind find about two people tell them I, I just believe God find two people say I believe God those that are on online type in the chat I believe God did you do that I believe God I believe God I believe God mm, 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 mm. <laughs> well listen I, I don't even know what to do with all that that was just uh, God and um I, uh, I just thank God for the testimonies of God's people and we're so grateful for how God moved and how God is still yet moving let me just say how grateful and appreciative I am uh, for the amazing gifts that God continues to place in this church and in this body and so my best friend my prayer partner uh, Reverend Pastor Timothy Johnson was here a couple of Sundays ago and and thank y'all for treating him really well uh, I heard y'all he uh, he kind of yeah so that, and so I'm just grateful for him many of you don't know but literally he has been my prayer partner you all uh for close to now going on 30 plus years and so every day we pray and we talk to god he also is my accountability partner you know what that means that means he asks me real stuff and when i lie he says you lying <laughs> how many y'all know that there are people who know you for real and you say stuff. oh I'm, I'm blessed he said okay no you're not for it so he really makes sure that I'm able to uh, to do the things that God would have me to do and also hold me accountable and I'm just so grateful for that friendship but also grateful for the amazing deposit that he was able to make in this church and we're grateful for him amen and I'm so grateful for our own Mike Treadway who brought the Word of God on last Sunday and uh, I'm so grateful to God for his gift I called him and actually after I heard the message just told him how grateful I am for his gift and again for his ability to take the Word of God and make it clear and I want to just again celebrate Citadel also as we heard from uh, LLS and the cancer people uh, as, as the benediction was given uh, you had the choice to go home uh, but you sat and stayed to hear and be a part of that presentation and I just want to say to you all what a blessing you all are what a mature congregation and we thank God for you so you I'm gonna get right to the Word of God and let's let's pray before we approach the scripture today God we love you we're so thankful for the worship that was lifted to your name thank you Lord God for the testimony of your children how you've moved and how you have encouraged us through your movement Holy Spirit thank you for this time that you have just set aside in this worship for those that are online and in person who had a reminder to not look at the valley 
to not look at the wilderness, to not look at the circumstance, but to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we thank you now for the word of God, which continues to lead us and to direct us. God, we cannot uh, know which way to go and which direction to go unless your word directs us. So Holy Spirit, what you do today, only what you can do. And God will be just so very careful to give you all the glory and all the honor and praise in the name that's above all others, in Jesus' name. And all that agree with that said amen and amen. You all, I have been in a series of messages this year that in my opinion are probably uh, some of the most significant messages that I've ever preached. And if you all remember last year, we kind of began the conversation about listening to voices of people that are unchurched voices of people that are not Christian, voices of people and individuals who may think differently, vote differently, dress differently, look differently than us, all for the purpose of helping to understand what it may take to win them to Jesus. The Bible says uh, when Jesus was trying to uh, explain what this process would be of sharing our faith, he says, you all are natural fishermen, but I want to make you fishers of people. And remember the sermon that I did with all of the different kinds of fish? Do you remember that? How many of y'all know that there are fish at the bottom of the ocean that have little headlights, little, little lights that are at the... Uh, they do, I mean, it's just amazing the diversity of fish that there are in the world. And you can, listen, you cannot catch every fish with the same kind of bait or the same kind of strategy. It's, it's sad that the church of Jesus Christ, who has been given the mission to take the good news to everybody, to share with everybody, that we are using the same method for every person. How is it that a fisherman has enough sense to know, no, you, got, you can't use a night crawler, you got to use an angler. How, how can a fisherman know that, no, you can't, you can't go out at, at daytime, you got to wait till the evening or got to be at the... How can a fisherman be more mindful of his or her craft to catch some fish and we, the believers of Jesus, have not become more mindful of strategies and methodologies to be relevant and helpfully communicate the gospel with people and for them to come to Christ. So we, we talked about that, but then I realized that if we don't have a starting place to help you, the church, to understand the importance of evangelism, the importance of winning people to Christ, uh, then it won't matter anyway because it doesn't matter what we talk about. If you don't find a conviction about it, it won't go anywhere anyway. So this year, I, I dove into the subject matter of the importance and the validity of the Word of God. Now, you might say, well, okay, that's, we all understand that. We know that's true. That's not everybody's uh, opinion. Not everybody believes that the Bible is the Word of God. And not everybody believes that all of the Bible can be trusted. Let me say that again because you may be one of those people. There's some people that believe that, well, I like this part of the Bible, but I don't like that part. I, I agree with this part, but I don't agree with that part. Now, if you find yourself that way, and you know what? That's okay, because everybody has free will, and uh, there's no judgment in, in you having an opinion that's different. But if you can say, I like this part of the Bible, but I don't like that one. I agree with this part, but I don't agree with the other. It means then that there's certain parts to you, in your opinion, there are certain parts of God's word that are trustworthy, and there are certain parts of God's word that are not. Are you following me? If you are one of those people who don't believe that the word of God is trustworthy, then guess what? It cannot be trusted at all. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You cannot say to somebody, are you pregnant? And they say, kinda. You're not kinda pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You can't be a little bit. No, you are pregnant or not. Either the word of God is trustworthy or it is not trustworthy. Either the word of God is, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Either it is that or it is not. 
as a pastor of this church, I believe that the word of God is trustworthy. I believe that the word of God is the will of God. Now watch this. Believing then that the word of God is the will of God, that then helps us understand how do we approach certain subject matters. Now you all say, Pastor, what's the big deal? It seems like you're being really kind of over the top with this. It's a big reason for this. The, the greatest reason that young people particularly are not coming to church is because they do not believe that Jesus loves their friends. Listen to me, you all. If we don't get this right, we will lose generations. There are people right now that believe that the Bible that we follow hates women. That the Bible that we follow promotes slavery. That the Bible that we follow uh, is anti, uh, it's homophobic. And so if I am someone who has someone who has same-sex attraction and I'm a friend with, how do I ever bring them to church? How do I ever bring them to a Bible that in my opinion hates them? How do I ever bring somebody who believes that, uh, hey, my body is my choice? And, and, and you can't tell me what to do uh, if something happens and I didn't want this child. What does your Bible have to do with telling me how to handle my body? Church, I will stand before God and have to give an account as to what I say to you about what the Bible teaches. Um, and so therefore, this year, I've talked about the canon of scripture. I've talked about the Old and New Testament and the ways in which they were kind of, uh, you know, designed. I talked about the ways in which the scriptures, not themselves as themselves, but how the scriptures have been mishandled by people throughout the ages. So I've acknowledged the, 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 the scourge of the Crusades and I've acknowledged how uh, wonderful, have you seen Gone with the Wind? <coughs> Gone with the Wind, they have a chapel in their house and the slave is standing behind them while they're praying in the chapel in their house because slave owners completely believed that they could uh, worship Jesus, worship God, and read the word of God and have people in chains as animals uh, and slaves. So I acknowledge the fact that people have misused the scripture, but it doesn't mean that the scripture is not to be trusted. But I also talked about you all the fact that uh, the scripture is our uh, is affected Western culture. And so whether we like it or not, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, uh, people that are not, not even Christian cannot ignore the impact that Christianity and the word of God has had on the world, uh, on certain forms of government, the rule of law. These things have a lot of their origin out of Christian kind of perspectives and views. So now you all, I'm turning the corner. Say, turn the corner. <laughs> I'm turning the corner, you all, to begin now a converse, some conversations uh, this summer in particular about the Word of God and how it applies to some of the subjects. But I want to talk today particularly uh, from a subject uh, that I brought my own amens with because I know that ain't nobody going to be shouting on this particular sermon, but that's okay because I bought a whole bag of them. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans 6 and 23. Uh, somebody put a timer up there somewhere for me. I need a timer. Give me, a, give me some. I need to have about 30 minutes because otherwise I, I'll be preaching too long. Romans 6 and 23. The Amplified says this. For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to talk from the subject today, sin and judgment. Say it with me, sin and judgment. I want to talk about sin and judgment. You all, now I want to quantify or clarify rather that the sin that I'm referring to are not the things that you and I do that we know don't honor God. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? I'm not talking about what I call lowercase sin, all right? The things we do, the things we don't do. I'm talking about uppercase sin. I'm talking about, listen, the condition of sin, not the results of it, not the, uh, the fruit of what it yielded. I'm talking about the core of it itself, sin, capital S-I-N.
And sin, you all, originated really in a decision. You know the story, right? Uh, for, well, well, Satan, uh, before he you know, became who he is now, uh, was in heaven as an angel of God. Uh, and the Bible says that one day he started wondering, why, do I, why does God get all the credit? I want some of the praise to be given to me. And the moment that he ended up saying that and having those thoughts, uh, God had cast him out of heaven, right? But not just him, but uh, several other uh, angels followed him. And now we're calling those angels or fallen angels demons, right? So, so Satan really is the first instance we see uh, later on in Scripture but before the world was created, who rebelled against God or sin. But then God made man, right? In his own image and made him in his own likeness. No sin at all. He did not think of sin. There was no such thing as a sin consciousness. He wasn't, it was impossible for uh, pre-sin Adam, pre-sin Eve, to have any thoughts or feelings or actions or, or appetites or anything that was not honoring to God they were holy listen they were holy like God is holy let me just say this okay holiness is not something we talk about a lot anymore holiness is what we have ascribed to denominations or church oh you go to the holiness church but holiness, you all, is a descriptor, as much as it can be, of the nature of God. That means God is without blemish, without stain, without any sin at all. He is holy. We don't have any other entity in the known universe that can ascribe itself as holy other than God. As a matter of fact, he's so holy that the Bible says that literally you all uh, when he gets ready to come back in Revelation uh, and he begins to reveal himself the Bible says that even the very earth itself has to back up from his presence he's God and you all he's not somebody you just approach any kind of way I get a lot of pushback sometimes. Listen, it's a come as you are, church. Please don't get it wrong. Those that are watching online, we don't want you dressing up and having the way. You know, I love them hats, them old church hats. Remember the hats they used to be? Oh, I, I ain't against them now. If you want to wear your church hat, bring your hat. We're not against it. However you are, I think that there's something to be said about I'm getting ready to be in the presence of God. And I wonder when you come to church, <laughs> are you coming with the mindset, I'm getting ready, even though I know God is everywhere, but I'm coming to a place specifically set aside to him. There's nothing else happening in that building that's other than uh, given to worship and given to prayer and given to praise and given to the word. So I'm going to approach it with a different attitude, a different reverence. I can tell how people treat the holiness of God by the lack of reverence they have for the things of God. Let me say it again. I can tell how people respond to the holiness of God by how they treat things that represent him. And so you all, God is holy. And because of that, the decision that man made was a big one. The Bible says God gave them all this ability to eat off of any tree of the fruit of any tree in the garden that they were in. Then he said, I just don't want you to eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could eat of the, listen, they could eat of the tree of life. They could eat of the tree of healing for the, they, they could eat of all these other trees that were there that were spiritual in composition, natural in manifestation, but spiritual in its implication. Interesting that there were these trees in the garden that had, that had spiritual meanings, but they had natural application. Don't eat of that. Because when you eat of that, it's going to affect some spiritual stuff. So he says, I don't want you to eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan, being the deceiver that he is, you know the story, comes and begins to talk to uh, Eve and, and say, hey, what is God trying to keep from you? If God is so giving and kind, why is he trying to keep stuff from you? You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to keep you stupid. He's trying to keep you dumb. He doesn't want you knowing what he knows. Uh, as a matter of fact, what did he say going to happen? She said, well, he said, if I, if I touch it, uh, we'll die. He said, you, you're not going to die. And the moment that she took of the, the, the fruit, it wasn't an apple, it was a fruit. 
took of the fruit of that tree and ate it, nothing happened because God had given the commandment to Adam not to eat. And so she turns, and I don't know uh, if she just was looking really extra good. And he looked at it and said, all right, babe, what, what you want? She said, just eat something. Bottom line, Adam took of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the moment that he partook of it, the Bible says his eyes were open. And he became wise. He became sinful. Listen, here it is. At that moment and every moment forward in Adam's life at Eve's and every moment forward in their kids' lives and every moment forward in their kids' kids' lives and every moment forward for every person that has been born on the face of the earth. Listen, every person was born with a sin nature. Listen now, a nature that is sinful. No, it's not, not I ain't killing nobody, I ain't killing nobody. Have you ever lied? I, I guess, I'm, I'm gonna get to it in a minute. All right, so sin nature, you got one. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you got one. <laughs> we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Preacher, we all have sinned. If God is holy and sin is that that separates from him then it means that a person who has a sin nature is separated from God now listen it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you doesn't mean that you don't love God it means that unless there's something that can happen with your nature if something until something is done with the sin issue you and I cannot have fellowship connection and intimacy with God impossible and so many of us don't want to talk about sin because we really don't want to talk about judgment <laughs> but sin is judgment you, you saw the scripture that I just read the scripture you all said uh, for the wages of sin is what is death and death is not just physical death listen death is also spiritual death separation from God for eternity this is so sobering to me you all because as a pastor I've gone to so many funerals and the saddest thing and again I don't know this I don't know who's in heaven who's not just because somebody's a pastor preacher singing in the choir don't mean that they went to heaven because they died either so I don't just assume because somebody was a churchgoer that they're in heaven I don't assume I don't know I don't know what happened at the hour of death I don't know any of that but but if a person for the most part, their whole life was just a, a cussing, clubbing, can't stand God, hate organized religion, hate the Bible, hate Jesus. Needless to say, they may not be a Christian. May not be. I've never heard anybody have a, a church service, because they had church, even unsaved people when they die get spiritual. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say, well, we know that they're in hell right now. <laughs> How many of y'all been to a funeral and you said, we, well, we know, it, we know that they're in hell right now. How many of y'all know that? How many of y'all have been to any funeral and you heard the pastor say, we know that for, for the most part, unless there was a miracle on that last breath, we know they're in hell. But everybody in the room knows it. You know why? Because, listen, sin cannot enter into heaven. You know what's so funny to me? Some of y'all, you know, you get your new carpet at your house or your new hardwood floors and it's been raining outside. I, I take, take your shoes off. You want somebody to take their shoes off the end of your dirty house and you want, we want to come into God's holiness with sin. You know, I'm, st I'm still kind of pandemic mindful. I need you to wash your hands a little bit. Wash your hands. Here's some sanitizer. You want to make sure your hands are sanitized to uh, be, you know, COVID, you know, safe. But yet, think that we just going to in, come into heaven without spiritually washing our lives? What makes us think that there's a different standard for the holiness of God than your living room? Or than your entrance of your house? So let me walk through some scriptures with you all and share with you uh, what the word of God says about this because I really believe you all that as we walk through these scriptures, it's going to become quite evident uh, <laughs> that, God, um, that God is actually uh, 
you know, my computer is like, you know, my pastor told me, if you don't stop using electronics, oh, there we go. Thank you, pastor. Uh, still can, it still works. <laughs> he uses paper Bibles. He says, stop using technology. It's other, the, en the enemy's involved in that stuff. And I said, uh, well, pastor, will you, and everything just froze right now. Uh, but, but the devil is alive. It started working again. So listen to this, you all. Uh, I, I, as we talk about sin, the Old Testament does not mean the books of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the books of the New Testament. What the Old Testament is, is the ratifying of a will in the old way that made sinful man uh, approachable by God. So in the Old Testament, God, you know this, set up a series of sacrifices where the priests who represented the people would go before God uh, representing the sins of the people and sometimes the sins of himself and his own family and come with a blood sacrifice. And that blood sacrifice, whether it was a, a goat or a, a lamb or a dove or some other animal, that blood sacrifice would begin to satisfy, listen, a bit of God's wrath and God's judgment around sin. The judgment, the wages of sin is death. Period. And so God in his love for us says, well, let me set up a system whereby I can help you all maybe be able to connect with me even though your sins may be present. Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9. And write these down, study these. Let this be a Bible study, all right? Hebrews 9, beginning at verse 22 in the Amplified Version. Listen to this. In fact, listen, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. Did you hear that? Listen, it says, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, listen, two things, there is neither release from the sin and its guilt. So first thing it says, listen, we'll look up this way. With the shedding of the blood, it first releases the person of the guilt of the sin. How many of y'all know that when we sin, we feel guilty? All right. He says, so for the first thing that this does when the sacrifice of the blood happens is that it releases the person from the guilt uh, of that uh, sin. But then it says, uh, I love this part. It says, release from the sin and its guilt and the remission and, and it remits the due payment and merited punishment for sins. So not only does it release them from the guilt, but look what it does. It begins to also remit the payment, the penalty, which is death. He says, because of this sacrifice now, you no longer have to pay the debt called death. Because the payment for sin is death. The payment for sin is death. The soul that sins, it shall surely die. Period. How many of y'all know when you got some debts, they don't want to hear what you got to say? Oh, don't look at me like that. How many of y'all know you had some debt collectors and you trying to explain to them, well, my cousin Keisha, she had in trouble and I, had, I don't want to hear nothing about it. Right? So if, if a debt collector wants to see their debt paid and don't care nothing about your story, imagine how God feels about your story about your life of sin. Well, it kind of, I, didn't, I didn't have a proper upbringing and my house was real bad. And then I went to a church and they wasn't that nice. And, blah, 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 blah. and God says, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, he's not going to say, I'm sorry. I made a law. You sin, you die. Hear this. I don't know how many churches and Christians are preaching about sin. The soul that sins, it will surely die. The wages, the payment, the penalty of sin is death. And so he says the only way out of this is by some sacrificial systems. Look at this, verse 23. By such means, therefore, it was necessary for the earthly copies of the heavenly things to be purified. Mm. But the actual heavenly things themselves required far better and noble sacrifices than these. He said, okay, so in the natural we had to do this thing, but 
to have because that made it tolerable for God. How many of y'all been to nasty people's house before? Anybody been to a nasty person's house before? How many of y'all just try to find the cleanest room? Come on, how many of y'all, how many of y'all look for the cleanest room? You'd be like, I'm just going to stay right here, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden you're fasting that day when they start bringing you something to eat. I'm fasting because <laughs> I'm not going to eat your nasty food. I <laughs> see roaches stuff crawling. I'm just going to sit right in the cleanest space that I can find, right? The old covenant was finding the cleanest space in a dirty house. The house wasn't clean. It was just a clean enough space to have some communion. But he says, but the, the, the capital sin, the issue was still not dealt with. How then do we, who has the capacity to, to pay humanity's debt of sin? For Christ, verse 24, the Messiah has not entered into a sanctuary made with human hands, only a copy and pattern and type of the true one. But he has entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the very presence of God on our behalf. Nor did he enter into the heavenly sanctuary to offer himself regularly again and again, as they had to do in the Old Testament every, every year, every, you know, go in and offer themselves up. As the high priest enters the Holy of Holies every year with blood, not his own. For then he would, for then would he often have had to suffer over and over again. Watch this now, since the foundation of the world. But as it now is, Jesus, he is once for all the consummation and close of the ages appeared to put away and abolish sin by his sacrifice. Hear this now, and I'm going to get to it. Jesus Christ, unlike the high priest that had to go in every year and make uh, atonement for the people, and when they made atonement, all they did was have them sit in a little clean space in a dirty house. But Jesus said because of his sacrifice, he was able to not go into some earthly tabernacle or some earthly holy and holies, but he went into the very heavens themselves and he went on behalf of all of humanity for the ages. Listen, how could the sacrifice of Jesus be big enough for everybody? Listen, because he is God in flesh. You better hear this. Only a person who was limited by proximity in his body, but limitless in his capacity by nature, would be able to make a sacrifice enough whose power of that sacrifice would affect the ages because God himself decided to sacrifice himself for us because there could be no other sacrifice that had enough power to go all the way back to Adam and go all the way forward to the end of the earth. Jesus himself, the son of God, the, the one that has the limitless presence of God in his very nature himself, was able now in his death to not just cover your sin, but wash your sin away and pay for your sin debt. When God looks at you, all he sees is paid in full, no debt, no thing. You, listen, you have been made righteous because he has made you righteous. He became death so that you could have life. He, it's called the great exchange. He decided to take what we couldn't have. He said, you know what? We don't have righteousness, but you know what? You can give that to us, but we got sin. He says, well, won't you give me your sin <laughs> and I'll give you my righteousness. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the only one that could have done this. But you all, I need you to hear this in this last eight minutes I got. Unless we're careful, we won't believe that there's real judgment. And I, I, I'm sad to say, that there's some of us that don't believe in the judgment of God. First John, chapter three, verse four. Citadel, get ready. Listen to me. Let me tell you why. 
because I need y'all to hear me now because there are going to be people that will think that my upcoming messages are aimed at people and the sad thing is that in 20 years of preaching I've never aimed a message at a person but because of the spirit that is in the earth when you start speaking out about sin demons manifest in a whole different way I need y'all to get ready because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, there's no subject that will not be talked about. <laughs> First John chapter three, verse four. Mm. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. For that is what sin is. Lawlessness. The breaking, violating of God's law by transgression or neglect being unrestrained and unregulated by his commands and his will. Why would people not want to believe the Bible? Because the Bible reveals his will. And if I don't have any idea of what his will is, I can do what I want to do and not feel any guilt because I don't even know what his will is anyway. Who knows what his will is? And so the Bible says that the person who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. So I'll end with this. I did a series on the book of Revelation. I need y'all to hear these verses. Revelation chapter 20. I'm going to end with this verse 11. <sighs> Jesus, right now, Savior, grace-filled. I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, right? I came into the world to save the world. We love that Jesus. We love the Jesus that don't come to condemn anybody. I like him. We love the Jesus that says, I didn't come to, to judge. That's right. Can't nobody judge. Listen, if Jesus said he ain't judging nobody, how you gonna judge? I like that Jesus. Let's meet the Jesus in Revelation. Since you like him so much. Revelation 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne <laughs> and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence but they found no place to hide you are, I don't even know if you can understand when he comes back he is coming back in the fullness of his power as Lord of all when I walked on the earth you spit on me and you told me you know it didn't matter it's fine no man takes my life he said I can't I lay it down when he comes back, he's not coming back the little suffering servant. He's coming back as the righteous king and judge. When he comes back, he's coming to make all things right. When he comes back, he's coming back with so much authority and anointing that the sky runs. They can't find no place to hide. Verse 12. I saw the dead both great and small standing before God's throne listen every dead person will be judged by God it's in the Bible mm. and the books were open <laughs> isn't that something everybody in the whole wide world has ever died standing before God and God starts opening books <laughs> while the sky running <laughs> watch this now well that's okay because my, my loved one died at sea okay the sea gave up his dead and watch this now and death and the grave gave up their dead so if there's a person that didn't have a grave God commands death give them up everybody that has ever existed I now need them at the judgment no matter how they died, no matter what way they died, no matter how long ago they died, every single person resurrected, get ready to be judged. Watch this. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. So everybody that came were judged according to their 
deeds. What they did, they got judged about. And Jesus judged them. <laughs> and watch this now. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I don't believe in hell. Everyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You all, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but a lake of fire is pretty hellish to me. And here's the bottom line. God judged people to hell whose names were not written in the Lamb's book of life. Why am I so bent on evangelism? Why do I want to see everybody saved from CEOs to athletes to drug dealers to strippers to people that sing music? I want to see everybody in the whole world come to know Jesus because I don't want anybody to be thrown into the lake of fire. I don't want anybody to not have the redemption of God. But there's judgment. You cannot have a God who is righteous and just without justice. Isn't it something you want to be just until it comes to you? <laughs> Lord, I want you to be a just God. But when it comes to me, please change it up. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are on your journey. This message was not intended to make you feel bad. This message was not to beat you up and tell you what you're not and all that stuff. It was to maybe reveal some things. And simply reveal this. All have sinned. I was born with a sin nature. And that bad boy still bothers me. All of us have sinned. The only difference between a Christian who really has surrendered his or her life to Christ and the person who is not is that we listen we have been given forgiveness of our debt we have been forgiveness of our very nature and we've been given a new nature no longer a sin nature but a nature that wants to please God let me say this to you child of God when you feel bad about sin good that means that the nature that's in you that is of God is being convicted. How many of y'all remember you used to cuss folk out and then, did, did I say something? Didn't even remember what you said. And now as you're getting ready to cuss, you'd be like, oh, oh right, that, that's God. That's God. But if you've not decided to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you, that you do that. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. I'm so excited about it. So excited about our moms being celebrated and honored and but I'm also calling that next Sunday Jesus Sunday. And I want to, if you're able, and I know some of y'all have to go with families and all that, but, but if there's anybody in your world that is, that is not a Christian, I'm asking you to invite them to church next Sunday. Anybody, anybody, I mean, co-worker, listen, they don't have to say yes, just invite them. <laughs> the, the, the acceptance is not on you, but the invitation is on you. Just ask them, you know what, my pastor doesn't really ask this much, but he would, we would love to have you in church on Sunday to hear an, an amazing message about what Christianity is all about. It's going to be called Jesus Sunday. And so I encourage you all to do that. Bring somebody. Those that are watching online, I encourage you to do that. For the first time, maybe, you're going to end up maybe telling somebody online or a friend of yours, hey, check in and, and make sure you share this maybe with somebody else to let them know about next Sunday. But as we close out today's message, here's the question. Would you acknowledge the fact that you, you're a sinner? Not just sinned and not doing things, but that's my nature, Pastor. I've not given my life to Jesus. I've not surrendered to him. Maybe you've even gone to church, but you didn't really surrender to Jesus. You went to church. It's a good thing to go to church. Not bad. But that did not equate with surrendering to God. So my prayer now is if you're here and you're far from God Jesus loves you so much and he wants you to draw closer to him and in Jesus name all you've got to do to begin that process and to be honest about it is to say Jesus I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and in your own mind just say you know I know I'm a sinner 
but Jesus I know that you are my savior and we just simply ask him one of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger there's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased but where do we go how do we move from faith to faith the Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.